Cassette tape number two. Uh, this is I Will Write Your Book. Uh, my name's Will Hines. I'm a ghost author. I write books for people for hire. And I do this podcast for people who are hardcore fans of the publishing industry. And uh, if they want to know the behind-the-scenes meetings of how ghost author-type arrangements are set up, you can listen to this podcast and you can be really in on the behind-the-scenes workings of the publishing industry. Uh, with me, as always, is my copy editor, Karen Donahue. How are you, Karen? I'm great. Well, a couple things I want to mention to you. So early. Really? Already? I don't understand how this could possibly be tape number two. doesn't make any sense to me. We've done hundreds and hundreds of these. And secondly, you're really limiting your audience by saying hardcore fans. Really limiting them. That's who I want. I don't I don't want like any layman. You know what I mean? This is for experts only. Like if you expect this to be dumbed down or spoon fed and you are a casual fan of the publishing industry, you're going to be lost. And I just I, I, and I'm happy with that. Hmm. You're such an elitist. You're Thank such you. an elitist. I take that as a compliment. I take that as a compliment. There's not, not enough elitists in this country. You know, it's not the idea of being a man for all people is uh, that's not a strength. That's a lie. Uh, I wish to You're only speak man to my true believers. No people. You think people for a few believe- people. My dr- my dream for this podcast would be to have five listeners who are extremely passionate. That would be my dream. Hmm. As opposed to like a million people who could give a shit. You're so small. You know, well, yeah. You put out an email or something before you gave people an email address yeah, before they can email you can write in if you are a hardcore fan of the publishing industry you can email us book at willhines.net b-o-o-k at w-i-l-l-h-i-n-e-s.net we got a couple emails and i'm going to read them a little bit later i like to do it once we have our guest in because maybe our guest will have an opinion on these emails but hmm. if you have questions about the publishing industry people actually emailed you we got two emails It wasn't you emailing yourself? No, these are two real emails we got. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't have a lot of time today because I just bought a plane, and so I have to go deal with that. You bought a plane? What are you talking about? Like a a private jet? Yeah, it's a small jet in Embraer 175. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Your wealth always surprises me. Well, I'm sick of flying commercial, and it's just impossible nowadays, so I had to do it. Had to do it. We are really living different worlds. Yesterday, I rolled nickels. Oh, yeah. I've been, I rolled my quarters two weeks ago, and yesterday I rolled my nickels. Oh, okay. Guess, so, how, guess how much I had. Well, it's $5 a sleeve for nickels or $2 a sleeve? It's uh, $5 a sleeve. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, I'm going to say you probably have $4.50 and couldn't even make a whole sleeve. Seven fifty. Oh, okay. So a sleeve and a half? Mm-hmm. That's your nest egg. I mean, that's just a little extra I got this week that I wasn't expecting. Um, what do we bring in our guest, uh, our client this week? I'm really excited to speak to him. We'll connect him over our Zoom call. We're all on Zoom right now. This is Freddie Spatz, uh, Karen. He's a, he's going to be our client this week. So you might know. Yeah, you might know the name. Oh, Freddie my Spatz. God. Freddie Spatz. Yeah. So let's connect him. Freddie, are you there? Yeah. Hi, I'm there. Uh, Freddie. Thank, thanks so much for helping me write. The book. I didn't realize this was going to be a podcast. Uh, oh yeah, I should have warned you. Yeah, we release all these meetings as podcasts. Oh, okay. I, I, I meant to include it in the email when we when we went back and forth. Okay, that's that's that should be no problem because uh, what I need you guys to do, there's going to be no page unturned. Uh, so anything that I say here is probably going to go in the book. Yeah, you, your life is an open book. It sounds like. That, you that's want what I'm to trying be. to make it be. Uh, you know, uh, I was I've been approached by a number of public. First of all, I, since this is a, we should just say say who you are, just in case. I'm sure a lot of our audience knows the name, but just in case there's some people who don't, let's clear up who you are. Yeah, so I'm Freddie's bad tie. Uh, you might remember me when I was a little tyke, but now I'm 54, a former child star of the sitcom Outer Orbit. The much loved '90s early sitcom. I played uh, the little brother Tim. Remember? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, 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 was a, I was a huge fan of that show. Yeah, you know, four four seasons, direct to syndication. So you know, we we got that 7:30 p. 
p.m. time slot. A lot of places played the news. Some places decided to play our sitcom. It was us, mm -hmm. Mama's Family, other kinds of shows that just yeah. went directly to, to syndication. This was like the prime time of like TGIF watching, like the Friday night lineup. Yeah, yeah. And with we, like we, Family Matters. This, this era of television. Family Matters, step by step. Full house. Boy Meets World. Uh, perfect Strangers. Uh, and then Out of Orbit. I would put out, right out in the of same. Out of Orbit. Thank you. Because not a lot of people uh, put us with those. Because we, we. I can't. Is it Out of Orbit or Outer Orbit? It's Outer Orbit. Right. Yes. Uh, I, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Will, you, you came up to me at the autograph show. Uh, yes, I was before, so thrilled. In the before times, you know, we can't do yeah, those autograph no, shows now. No, uh, I can't do them now. You you were waiting in line uh, for Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Uh Line was yes. so, you were furious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, I was, I had my heart set on getting an autograph from Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I, I sort of believed we would have a connection if I had a chance to meet her. Hi, then, Freddie. Hi, hi, Freddie. Hi. I'm Karen. Hi, I'm Karen. Karen. Hi. 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 How are you? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Karen, I got, I'm sorry, I got so starstruck. I know. I know. Freddie, I just want to say I loved Outer Orbit. A big fan. I love... You're such a cute kid. Thank oh, you. Some people say I'm still it. a cute adult. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. You know what? I used to love every time you would say, what a space cadet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what a space cadet. You know, space was such a big part of the show. Uh, you know, right. it was super fun uh, because it was about a teenage girl who finds out that her biological father, this is for the younger kids, her biological yeah. father is an orb, uh, just a sentient yeah. orb who was posed by yes. Dom DeLuise. And we had a lot of, it's just it's like when Alf was big and Silver Spoon, so a little bit of sci-fi, but also we yeah. had, you know, a little bit of the shows like, uh, oh, you know. Well, a, a little broken family. I mean, it was, people might not know this now, but it was kind of revolutionary just to have like an absent father coming back into a young girl's life. Yeah. That was actually pretty, pretty gutsy of the show. Yeah, yeah. That was what was fun. It was like, oh, she turned 14 and then, oh. My dad is not my dad, but it's an orb. Because we remember yep. we were two wealthy uh, children who got brought in to live with this wealthy family. Uh, yeah. Not related. These are all things we can go over in the book. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, well, this is the this is the part people know. This is the public life. Yeah, and I just love to Freddy do a do a do a tell all. You know, Ooh. just like really get into the dirt. And because like I I'm running out of. Eight by tens to sell at the autograph shows. It's, okay. it's taken me. It's taken me nearly thirty years, but it finally happened. I ran out of them. So uh, you're still using the same the same photograph you've had for thirty years. Well, so when you were twenty four, you got a stack of pictures, and now you're fifty four, and you're still using those. That's correct. Yes, yes, yes. And then <laughs> I, in that eight by ten, um, I'll show it to you. I have my little my child actor headshot. My 24-year-old. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes I like to scotch tape a Polaroid of me today. <laughs> yes, that's nice. Wait a minute, Wh Freddie. I, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't realize it. You were 24 years old when you played that role? That's were correct. You not, I was were 24. You nine? I, were you I, nine on the show? Or? I was nine years old on the show. I was 24. Uh, so it was a very interesting thing. My parents would, you know, uh, in baseball, there's all these great players from uh, the Dominican Republic and Cuba, and sometimes they lie about their age. They say, "Oh, they're like a thirteen-year-old prodigy," and it turns out they're like eighteen, they're sixteen, or 16 something. Or yeah, 17. yeah. That was me. I said I was nine. Uh, turns but out, you were twenty-four. I was twenty-four. Uh, really sunk my career out of out after outer orbit. So yeah. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you I never, you, you played such an adorable nine-year-old and you were just so real. I never had any idea. That, I, I maybe thought you were like 11 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people. But I had no idea that you were 24 years old. A lot of people uh, thought that. And excuse me with my, my throat. I'm a little congested. My, my dropsy is acting up, so. Uh, you have dropsy. I have dropsy, now, yes. I'm not sure I totally know. I think that's, I know that's a disease that people will get during World War One. Is that like where your feet get like filled with fluid or something? That, yeah, your your skin becomes a lot of like fluidy, like it goes, ooh. It's, it's very, my. if you were to touch my skin, it would feel unlike Like skin. a waterbed. Like a waterbed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I'd like yeah. to talk about that in the tell-all. But 
I will be honest with you. <laughs> how did you come to get dropsy? I'm so sorry. Like, how did you? Is it? I didn't even know that is an active disease. Yes, I am the first person in over 67 years to have a confirmed case of dropsy. So <laughs> I, I think it's good for us to maybe dig in on that for my tell-all because <laughs> let's I, dig in. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have a lot of good Hollywood stories. You know, I, I wasn't a Dana Plato. Uh, I wasn't. I, 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 but I, so if you guys can help me. Make Dana Plato from Different Strokes who like had kind of a scandalous yes. uh, youth yes. with her fame and fortune and sort of run-ins with drugs and relationships and stuff yeah. like that. That wasn't me. You know, uh, I, I, I went home afterwards. I was kind of excluded. They did have a lot of party. Now, all the other cast, you know, Dom DeLuise, uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, the robot made, uh, which was a real robot. People don't realize that. People that was a was like, real robot? It was a real robot. We had that made that by Texas incredible. Instruments. And <laughs> whenever we would be like, sire, your underwear is dirty. That was an actual robot who would say yeah. that. But anyway, the whole cast and crew would I, party also, without I, What me. I love about your show is you had so many cameos. I remember like a lot of actors from that time. Like I know Alyssa Milano when she was a young girl. Did just like uh, a yeah, couple of episodes on yeah, Outer yeah. Orbit. Mm -hmm. yes, you got any yeah. interesting stories about Alyssa Milano? Uh, yes. Uh, we were all at Crafty, and we were <laughs> we were getting different things for lunch, and I, I specifically asked them if I could just get some uh, venison, some venison jerky. And, uh, nice. And they said, we don't have that. Uh, so... Uh -huh. This I is a great story. Alyssa I'm writing Milano. this. This is an amazing story. I don't what, think you have to write it down, Will. I, I asked Alyssa Milano what she was having for uh, lunch, and her mother said, please don't talk to her. Oh. I, I love it. That, that, to me, is a chapter. That's the Alyssa Milano chapter right there. That's good, incredible. Good. So that's you had not, a real interaction with her. enough information, Will. Um, I think it's Freddie, great. Freddie, I'm just curious because you said everyone went out and partied like Dom DeLuise. He would go partying, and the robot, the Texas Instrument robot would go out and party. But you Marcia, didn't really and Marsha was spelt with an M dot A dot S dot H dot A dot. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember, yeah. That was <coughs> the character Dropsy, name and I guess Dropsy. the real robot name. Yeah, you got that. That's, Dropsy is really nasty Dropsy cough you got going. Yeah, on. people don't realize it comes with a cough, too. Um, yeah, I've never, I don't remember hearing that, but of course you've got it, so I'll, I'll defer to you. If you need to administer any shots to yourself or do any medicine like while we're talking, just go ahead and do it. Okay, yeah, I got a little ether rag that I sometimes inhale. <laughs> That's rad, man. Yeah. Ether yeah. rag, wow. Thank you. So yeah, we'll get into some tell-all. I'm just curious, though, they, you were in your 20s, so they didn't want to party with you? You didn't go out and well, party? Well, they thought you I was nine. And they thought you they were They thought nine. I was nine. I was 23. Uh, everyone else was around the age, you know, my sister Tina, the, the orb girl, was around 14 to 18. She she had a real interesting life, as I'm sure you guys know. Uh, oh, yeah, I read all about Tina's life, man. I, I, I am addicted to Tina's stories. Like, yeah. I can't believe a lot of people I think ask she me dated about, James Woods when yeah. she was 16 yeah, or something dated like James that. Woods for sure. Uh, dated John Voight for sure. Dated Tim Allen. She actually went into space because of her like celebrity role. She was like on one of the space yes, shuttles. And we were very fortunate. Uh, the the space shuttle she was on uh, got back down to Earth safely. Safely, yes. yes a yes. lot of people. Wow. A lot of it was the first one after the Challenger. You must yeah, have a lot well, of amazing stories about that actress who played Tina. Yeah, I do. And, uh, the first one I tell you this this space trip she took, it was faked. It what didn't happen? What? Oh, it what? didn't happen. That's incredible. That it didn't happen. That's really good. That is good. That is some good shit. This, That's this, like this, moon landing hoax stuff. Yeah, uh, this is one hundred percent true. I'm not making this up. NASA did that as a big make good after they blew up all those teachers in the sky. They were like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta well, get one teacher, but yeah, <laughs> they, still they it was blew a lot. Up all was... those teachers. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like, That's we a very cavalier way to describe it. Yeah. Yes. They got to make good. So they, you know, brought Tina into outer space and they filmed that episode of Outer Orbit in Outer Space. They didn't let me go out because they were like, NASA did the tests and that's how I was discovered to be 23. Uh, yeah. And so I. NASA just, figured it out? NASA was the one that figured it out. And boy, what a bad. If you guys want to just feel free to bury them alive. Uh,. Let's do it. Let's rip NASA apart. Thank you. Were they just a bunch of buzzkill squares? Yeah. They like found out you were 23 and they had to run and just tattle they on you, They had to tattle basically? on me. I couldn't go. First of all, I couldn't go on the fake 
space shuttle, and it was fake. And as all of them yeah. since Challenger have been, uh, then they just oh, put- I did. I didn't know that. All of them. Yeah, they well, didn't just do one fake one to get their rep back and then start sending. Hey, it. Might- one exploded. The Colum- was the Columbia explosion also the, the, fake? Yeah, the the one in the early two thousands that exploded over Texas. That was a double kind of thing where they wanted people. They knew that False if they flag. didn't occasionally explode a uh, fake rocket ship, then people would get suspicious. Right. So they faked an explosion. Yeah. This is a. I mean. This could take over the book. This might dominate the Alyssa Milano. Very tiny part. Very tiny part. All right. I want. I I think this is going to get a lot of attention. This should be the book. This should be the book. This is amazing. As as long as we include it somewhere. What's another example of a Hollywood story you wanna you wanna include? Did you have any experience with drugs? I feel like that's a very common thing for a young Hollywood star to get involved in. Yeah. uh, I remember. Okay. So there I was. I was at the original. Spago at um, Sunset. They had the Sunset nice. Spago that was across from Tower Records. Uh, and I was uh, I was going up for a table and they said, I'm sorry, we're booked out. Uh, and I found a little baggie on the floor. So when they uh-huh. turned, they offered to seat me outside uh, where they seat the dogs. <laughs> but I, I, I said I would rather <laughs> not. Uh, but I found this little white baggie okay. that I took to uh, Tower Records. I was trying to pick up girls to go see Striper at the at at. I was trying to see Striper at the Rainbow Room. So I started Striper, to, the the Christian metal band yes, or whatever. Yes, yes. Uh, okay. They were big fans of the show, and they they told me I could come backstage. Uh, so you got kicked. You basically got rejected from Spago, except for the dog seats. You pick up a baggie. You're going to like maybe head over to Striper and pick up girls. Yeah. Anyway, I started to. Uh, you know how cocaine often has, uh, so I have heard, a lot of baby laxative in it. <laughs> okay, yes, I, I have not heard that. But I know that I know the story of like people mixing in non-drugs with drugs to like amplify it or make or just have more material to sell or whatever. It, yeah, yeah, you step on it. Uh, anyway, I had apparently gotten a baggie that was entirely baby laxative. No cocaine whatsoever. <laughs> I, was, I was taking toots of it, and then I had toots of my own. And uh, I, I evacuated my bowels in the Rainbow Room uh, with Striper and two girls. And the Rainbow Room in L.A. I thought the Rainbow Room was a New York bar. Oh no, no Rainbow Room on Sunset. You got my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a big statue of Lemmy now. Uh, rest may he rest in peace. He wants. He may saw he me rest in peace. Rest in yeah. peace, Lemmy. Yeah, he he saw me uh, poop on the floor, and he said, "Get this freak out of here." Oh no! And ever since there, I said drug free, drug free me. So oh, you, Freddie, wanna, I'm so wow, sorry you so had that experience. That you want to put that in the book? I think that should be a big part. I think it's a very <laughs> inspirational story. Which part's inspiring? When you baby pooped on the no, no, on no. the floor the, of striper. The poop was adult poop. I <laughs> snorted baby laxative. Uh, okay, yes, my I bad. I think what's what's inspiring is that after that, that that was my rock bottom and. Oh, uh, how you I cleaned said, never up? Never more. I said, just say no. I, I, I was and, writing. And Lemmy was, Lemmy from Motorhead. Yeah. Lemmy, the lead singer of Motorhead, right? Ace of Spades. Yeah, he tried to he physically was part- remove me from the Rainbow Room by tossing me. And this is funny. I wound up <coughs> ah, dropsy. Uh, Damn dropsy. Uh, he tossed me all the way to Santa Monica and La Brea. Uh, a lot of people say that's a world record. He, that's how far he threw you. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wow. with his arms, like he just, just, just lofted you yeah, into the air. Yes, that's like yes. And uh, I mean, I tried to get Nancy Reagan to do a PSA with me about drugs, because you know that was what was very popular with the child actors. At yeah, the, the time. just say no stuff, right? And she said, "No, um, you're 23. Uh, you were everyone's least favorite part of the, the, the sitcom." Uh, oh, I've always heard that Nancy. Nancy Reagan was a real truth teller. Like, if you ever got on the phone with Nancy Reagan, she let you know where you stood. She would just, I've always heard that about her. She would tear you apart. She told me I didn't do a real drug, which I think is uh, <laughs> not good messaging for the kids. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Never made it. I mean, I whenever you come, you I did this for you, Will. When you came up to t- see me, I said, what did I write on your 8x10? You said, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Yeah. You also wrote down, I'm not Tiffany Amber Thiessen, because 
I was sort of so worked up about Tiffany Amber Thiessen, I mistakenly called you Tiffany. I mean, I you, knew you, you weren't. regularly called me. You asked me if I could just say, okay, yeah, I'm Tiffany Amber Thiessen. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I just so disappointed I didn't get a chance to meet her. Well, I'm not giving you any street cred for knowing who Lemmy is, okay? <laughs> okay, well, I wasn't expecting, You're I wasn't not getting expecting. any credit for just going, oh, yes, yes, Motorhead, yes, I know exactly what that is. I don't is. think that's how I said it. <laughs> yes, yeah. you did. You were trying you, to say Are you familiar like with you who cool. Lemmy is? Do you know who Lemmy is? Uh, yeah, Ace of Spades, Motorhead, thank you. Through, through, through Freddie Spats across, across Hollywood, what, yeah, I still had the shit in my pants. What? I still had the shit in my pants. Yeah, you would just you would you just poop on the floor. You never didn't have time. You didn't have a you never time to. Yeah, didn't have time. Lemmy was right on top of it. Oh, at that time you had the shit in your pants. I also still have those pants. That's correct. Okay. I keep them in storage. I I went to I went to a bank. I went to Wells Fargo and I said, "Can I have a safety deposit box?" And they said, okay, here you go. And then I brought the, the pants to them, and they said, okay, this smells like shit. But I, I demanded I locked in, in in the pants, and then I swallowed the key. So it's it's there forever. Wow. What do you think, what do you think your emotional motivation is here, Freddie? And, and any answer is fine, but sometimes this is helpful when you're trying to write a book. Like, are, are you, do you just want to be appreciated for the struggle that you went through? Do you wish to warn people about, like, to teach a lesson about the corruption of fame? Uh, or do you want to just be like a raconteur just to like entertain people with some fun yarns? I would like something that I can sell at the autograph shows for approximately okay. $45. <laughs> Dropsy, right. Dropsy medication, very, very expensive. SAG kicked I me guess out, so, they so don't, I don't they have, don't have, to I don't have SAG healthcare. They, they, they kicked oh, me out, not because of the lying. Uh, they just, uh, it's the only time in SAG history that they, they had a, a vote to expel someone just purely based on their personality. You were kicked out just because they didn't like you. That's correct. That's I'm. It wasn't like you didn't pay dues or like something like that. No, or, no, no, or no. Your membership lapsed from lack of work. They said this guy, you got banned. I would go to the meetings and I would just hang out and I'd I'd I'd, I'd, wow. I'd make savory tea. Uh, they have the hot water for the tea, and then I would bring my tea bags full of savory spice. Uh and then, uh, yeah, they would be like, please leave. Freddie, <laughs> I'm just just out of curiosity. Were you able to get any kind of photographs or any kind of evidence that the, you know, space shuttle launch was faked? Uh, you know, any you know, anything from NASA when you were there? Or? And this is what everyone always tries to trip me up with. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't have any of that. Oh, okay. Well. Even even as an allegation, it'll be a spectacular part of the book. Can I, can, I'm sorry to bring this up because I know this is like a sore spot. Mm -hmm. But can I ask about the famous Bill Clinton cameo that got canceled? Like I know at one point Bill Clinton was scheduled to be on uh, Outer Orbit, and then like something went happened and they canceled the episode. Okay, yeah. Do you have any oh, information yeah, yeah. on that? Because so it was Tina's always been pretty tight lipped on this. It was an interesting thing. They were going to have uh, the governor running for president. Bill Clinton on the show. Uh, he was gonna. Do I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think your dropsy. There's currently a bag of fluid uh, that has expanded from your cheek, and it's. In, would you mind lancing that very okay. quickly? Because I think yeah, it's let me obstructing get, let me your get, voice. Oh, okay, this one's kind of rusty, but. Uh, <laughs> there we good. go. Oh, there you go. Well lanced. Good, good job. Anyway, uh, Clinton sorry was gonna play you. the. Clinton was gonna play the uh, saxophone. Uh, but then he got mm -hmm. word that Vince Foster had killed himself, uh, and yeah. I heard him say, "Good, good, this is finished." <laughs> Thank I mean, you. That's incredible! Wow, this is finished. You heard him say, "Yeah, yeah," because this is the big allegation about the Clintons is that they were they were they, they killed Vince Foster. either responsible for Vince Foster's death. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if they did it, but he was happy about it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. Well, now, I wasn't should, on maybe... set that day. They explicitly told me not to come in. Uh, they said that uh, Governor Clinton found me weird, so they asked me to. I hid in a prop closet, though. Oh, Good so you, you were there, but there's no there. witnesses to say you were there. So, do you think. I think this would be an interesting part of the book. Uh, I think a little part, though, because mostly people want to hear the <laughs> Hollywood tales. So. After Outer Orbit ended, how did your your career, I think it's safe to say, took a little bit of a downturn? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I was kind of exiled. Uh, and then, uh, you know, 
I just kind of like tried to speak at, you know, high schools and colleges and talk about, uh, you know, finding God and just saying no. Did you find God? Uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I read I read the Bible, uh, the learned a lot wow. about it. I read the whole thing from A to Z. Uh, and I uh, learned a lot. Uh, good stuff. Really, uh, really good book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, I always really enjoyed you on the show. I, I, you know, I, I'm so sorry that you got kind of labeled a liar and that SAG banned you. On the show, you were a charming, sweet kid. Like, your role was sort of to be the naive, easily duped little brother. Remember, yeah. like, the other characters would play pranks on you or. And also, whenever there would need to be a sweet moment, you never lost, your character never lost faith in Tina. I was always like, Tina, listen, you're going to finish your driver's license. It doesn't matter that you're half orb. It doesn't matter that your daddy's an orb. We're going to get your driver's yeah, license. Y- yeah, you were you were inspiring. I always felt Thank you were you. such a source of positivity. Yeah, I wish more people felt that way. So, Freddie, what are you doing now? I know you do the signings, but and I know Dropsy's probably affects your life but what else you got going on where you staying yeah uh this is interesting okay well you know i i (laughs) i I got one of those places uh a lot of people this is some la stuff there are apartment buildings that you can rent out for like months at a time fully furnished they're in burbank i live there uh Mm -hmm. i'm the longest running resident uh i keep on i know like at the americana they have those like at the uh at at the Glendale Galleria and the Americana, they'll have, like, furnished apartments. Yeah, yeah. I'm the longest-running resident at mine. I keep on saying, you should change the name to Freddy's. And they say, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I've been doing autograph signings over Zoom. Uh, yeah, let's, let me ask about that. So you, you've done the convention circuit yes, for quite a yes, while. Yes, yes, uh, I bet you got stories there, too, because that's kind of its own little world. Maybe not as glamorous as Hollywood, oh, but there's yeah. a lot of stars. You see a lot and... of the classics from whether it's from the monsters all the way up from the, 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 a lot of the sci-fi shows. Uh, this is a good one. I remember Eliza Dushku uh, was doing the circuit, uh, signing, okay. signing, signing for uh, that show she was on, Dollhouse. Uh, and I, <laughs> I, I, I remember we were at Crafty. Uh, and I was asking for some venison jerky, and then I turned. They said we don't have that. Uh, and then I uh-huh. turned to Liz Dushku, and I was like, "Can you believe this? They don't have uh, uh, venison jerky." And she said, "Please uh-huh. don't talk to me." So it's a very similar story to the Alyssa Milano story, huh? I hadn't considered that. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's that's kind of that'll be kind of good. Patterns are. Good in stories, Karen. What do you think of that? Do you think we should include both of those? I think neither of them should be included. I we I think I we agree. Have to, I we agree. Have to... Patterns are fake. Uh, NASA invaded patterns just to keep people off the truth. Wow. I think that's. I don't think that NASA created the idea of patterns. I think that's quite. I'm silly. just curious. Look do it you up. think? Do you think you know there are secret underground bunkers in the Earth? Oh, I I don't think they're secret. Uh because I kept on trying to dig. Oh, we were on the Paramount lot, and I would try to dig in, and I was trying to find the bunkers. Oh. And I never was able to, but I'm sure they're there. Oh, okay. And you yeah. think they're inhabited <laughs> by... They're Dropsy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just say Dropsy? Does that, like, help what? you mentally, huh? or are you just reminding you us that... What are you talking about? You oh, just every time said you Dropsy cough, when you cough. Whenever coughed. you cough, you say Dropsy. That's not true. It's happened I mean, a few times. Maybe you no, don't realize don't so. you're doing play it. Play the tape back. Play the tape back. It won't. No. Uh, we'll play the tape back later. I don't know how to do that while we're recording. Um, so well, who think... do you think these underground bunkers are inhabited by, Freddie? Oh, wow, that's a good question. Anyway, uh, what I think is most likely to be the case is that's where the orbs are. You know, uh, that's where the orbs live. The that, orbs are uh, real? Uh, yes, yes, yes. That's the thing that they don't want me to tell is that the orbs are real. Tina's on the show. Tina's father, voiced by Dom DeLuise, was an orb. But I yes. thought that was now, a that fictional. Was not a, cos- that was not a real orb. That's yeah, a that that's was, a character. That, that, that's a character and inspired I, I, by the real orbs. That that is what I believe. Yes. So do you think the show Outer Orbit was trying to introduce humans to the idea of orbs so that we would get comfortable with them? So when they 
did eventually invade, we'd be like, oh, okay, they're friendly, it's fine, we're used to orbs, because Tina's dad was an orb, and she was half orb. Karen, you are hitting it right on the I did notice that one of the executive producers of Outer Orbit, who I think the name was Kyle Hoyt, never produced any other show, and I always wondered- Never did, never did, no. If there was some reason why he was invested in this show only, maybe Kyle Hoyt was an orb or orb adjacent. Well, and uh, it was interesting about Kyle Hoyt, and I was no longer on the show when this happened. As you know, I wasn't on the back six episodes when Tina went to college. Yeah. But but Kyle Hoyt, to my understanding, disappeared like how they do in the Back to the Future photographs, but in real life. Oh, okay. So you think there's some like time he faded traveling? Away? He faded out. Yeah, I don't know if it's time. I don't know if it's astral projection, but he faded out like a like a Michael J. Fox picture. Like oh. some sort of time travel paradox happened that wiped yes. him out of existence. Although we remember him, so we remember him. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Okay. Something Fair. I just realized. I always thought outer orbit had to do with like the orbit of a planet, but it's actually a play on words for orbs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, orb it. Orbit. Yeah. Orbit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Huh. Freddie, I think we have enough for our first batch of information. Are Do you, you sure? mind if. Are you sure, Will? Are I think sure? we have enough, yes. Do you mind if uh, Karen and I are going to have a little meeting separately and then we can do a follow up call with you tomorrow? Absolutely. For any follow up questions. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we'll have, we have a number of emails from uh, listeners that I want to go over. And if you don't mind, Freddie, we'll get your opinion on that too. Oh, I love taking my opinion on emails. Uh, all right, so we'll uh, we will be right back uh, uh, very soon. Hello, if you're enjoying, I will write your book. Please do that thing that every podcast asks you to do and go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It makes a huge difference to us getting to new audience members. Also, if you have ever heard of social media, there's I Will Write Your Book on Instagram and I Will Write Your on Twitter, which features photos of our guests. And sometimes we get fun fan art that mocks up the covers of these books that we are talking about on these episodes. And it's really fun. So I hope you get a chance to check those out. And thanks so much for listening. All right, cassette tape number three. Uh, this is myself and Karen Donahue just having a meeting about Freddie Spatz. I think that went great. You might want to strap in, Will. Oh, yeah. This pl- this jet's beautiful. Thanks. I can't believe you can afford this. It's just, I'm always marveling at I could afford wealth. a bigger one, but I'm, you know, thinking about the environment and what what yeah. do I need? You know, I'm, so this, I'm a minimalist. This, what do I need? You can run this just with yourself as a crew. You don't need anybody else. No, so. I don't need a whole big crew. I could. I could have a crew. It's big enough. You could have, yeah, you could have like an, a, an attendant or something or somebody just. I know the takeoff procedure was pretty elaborate. You had to like check the fuel and get all that stuff done. Yeah, you had to walk around with a clipboard. Oh, thank you for inviting me on. Sure. I mean, I just got to test this puppy out. I don't know how uh, airworthy she is. I hope she's very airworthy because we're about to fly her. So I hope it's she's at least airworthy. Yeah, well, we'll see. So what do you think about this Freddie Spatz guy? I think he's, um, I think this is going to be the golden ticket. You think this is gonna be it? This is the thing that's gonna. Well, I think we're gonna be able to get. We're gonna get to Tina through him. Like we'll do this book, and then we'll be able to write a book for Tina. That's your plan. Yes. Tina had the real Hollywood life. So you're just James Woods. You know what I mean? You're just gonna use Freddie, kind, innocent Freddie as a stepping stone. As a stepping stone. He's a desperate scumbag. A desperate scumbag? Yeah, Did does, you just does, call him a desperate scumbag? That's what he is. He's a desperate. He does the, the the convention circuit. A lot of people do the convention circuit. Not off a of one show they did in the early 90s when he lied about being nine. Princess Leia did it off of one movie, two movies. <laughs> Carrie Fisher did a lot more than just, first of all, those movies were bigger than Outer Orbit. If you if you are going to build your career off of one movie, she Star Wars is big enough that you could do no, it. No, same thing. Outer Orbit was a hit. It was groundbreaking. It was a hit It was groundbreaking. It Ish. was groundbreaking. So you're calling him a desperate scumbag, and you're just going to yes. use him to get to yes. Tina. You don't even know what Tina's real name is. That's her character I, I forget name her last on the show. I forget you didn't her even real look name. it up. You think she's a up. bigger star 
yeah, you think easy. she's a bigger star? I mean, wouldn't it benefit you just to have Freddie tell you what he saw going on? Yes, we're going to have that too. But, you know, this is all just a stepping stone to get to Tina. And then we're going to make the big big bucks. Maybe You're I'll disgusting. buy a plane. You're disgusting. You know, he's been chewed up and spit out by the Hollywood by himself since he was a kid. He was a he, young he kid. Luck, he lucked into he a job a and he's little milked kid. it. Who went he was not. He was twenty three. The Hollywood machine chewed him up and spit him out, and you have no empathy. He had a raging drug addiction. No, he didn't. He took, took baby laxative once life. and got beat up that by Lenny. Took over his life. Stop name dropping Lenny. <laughs> I'm not name dropping. That's just. I'm just. Well, I'll, I'll say. I'll say this. I'm going to ask him if he'll get us to Tina, and if he doesn't, I'll drop it. Okay. I'm not going to do anything manipulative or weird. I'm just. I'm going to ask, and and if it works out that way, great. And if not, then this will be an all You're right so book. Manipulative. You're so manipulative. You know that. Here. And maybe he can. You know, eventually I could meet Tim- Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Take this know? parachute. Oh, really? I have yes. to wear a parachute? Yeah, you're going to okay. have to wear a parachute. Because I want okay. you to get the fuck off my plane. What, right now? Yes, I want you to get the fuck off my plane. We're in the air. Yes. I, what are you talking? I know. Get what out. Did you- get out. You disgust now? me, Will. You disgust me. I don't know how to use a parachute. I've never used a parachute before. It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> you pull the cord. Have you never I'm seen not... a television show? A yes, television I'm... program? You pull I... this cord. See the red cord? You pull the cord. Okay. Get you clear know what? of the plane and pull the cord. I'll do it, okay? Because you know what? I am being insulted here. I don't like that you are insulting me. It is a good business idea to use Freddie Spatz to get to Tina whoever. This is why you're unsuccessful, because you're not a kind person. You're not a kind person. Good. I think that's why I haven't been unkind enough. Get out. This is the secret. I'm leaving. Get Goodbye. Out. Goodbye, Karen Donahue. Goodbye. All right, cassette tape number three. This is a Zoom call with myself, Karen Donahue, and uh, Freddie Spatz. Are you there, Freddie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for the follow-up call. I'm sorry I look a little um, out of sorts. I was in a hospital last oh, night. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I thought I had a bad day. It's okay. No, no, no. Everything's fine. Freddie. Karen threw me out of a plane. Oh, wow. Weird story. Wow. He jumped out. He jumped out of his own volition. Freddie, I want to say that the lancing you did, it looks infected on your cheek. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happens. Usually they, they take up to like, you know, 11 months to 15 months to fully heal so you know it'll be the next year of my life uh which is gonna be rough uh i have uh just to give you guys a heads up um i got a phone call yesterday by uh rowan farrow uh yeah uh rowan farrow wow yeah uh the big, the expo, the yeah, he the, the works at the uh, New Yorker, and I, I, I think we're gonna have to address this in the book. But uh, the short of it is that uh, I was telling you about the the actual robot Marsha M dot A dot R dot S dot H dot A that played the robot Marsha made on our show. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that she's coming forward with some allegations towards me. Uh, oh and God. the short of it is that I'm the first person to be me too by a robot. Um, <laughs> the robot gained sentience uh, and is now making allegations that I sexually harassed Freddy. her. Uh, which is there, Are these allegations true? Uh, almost certainly. Uh, <laughs> you're, not, you're not 100% certain. Dropsy. Uh, I'm, I mean, I, I, who could say for certain? I'm pretty sure that I sexually harassed the robot on the show. Uh and Rowan Vero, it doesn't seem like everyone's interested in it in a, like, moral way, but more so that uh, it's just a scientific marvel. No no robot has ever gained sentience and also then uh, said that they were sexually harassed. I mean, I guess it's a remarkable milestone of technology, but also I'm so sorry and also shame on you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm feeling. You're sorry? You're sorry, Will. You're sorry this happened? Yes, yes. I feel empathy for everybody involved in these stories. Wow, wow. Okay, well, I I guess you thought this story would never come to light. I I didn't because I thought it was, I mean, when I said, okay, so I'll read what Rowan Barrow 
said that I said to Marsha okay. on this All ad. Right. Okay, so this okay. is apparently Let's get it out. March 20th, 1991. Uh, okay. We were at Crafty, and I said, oh, boy, you keep on putting back that castor oil. It's going to go straight to those robot thighs. Okay. You kind of, you body shamed her. I body shamed her, uh, but I said, and I think I would like that. Oh, and then you sexualized her. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's not great. Uh, (laughs) I have a lot of growing to do. Uh, Yeah. But, I mean, it is, I mean, let's focus on what a scientific marvel this is. A robot gains sentience and accuse someone of sexual harassment. So I mean, I guess it's positive as in terms of technology. It's bad for you, I Yeah, think. that sounds about right. <laughs> so, Will, you still want to go ahead with your little Absolutely. Plan? We're going forward with this book. We're going to put this in. If, if you're willing to apologize and atone, we'll lead with okay, this. Yeah. We will lead with the sexual. Yeah. Then, we'll do into the, then we'll do the two venison jerky stories, and then all shuttle things since Challenger have been faked. And then we'll end with the orb bunkers. I think this will be great. Freddie, I feel like I owe it to you to be honest with you since Will isn't going to be. Okay. He's just using you as a literal stepping stone to get to Tina because he thinks that Tina is the bigger story. He also called you, what was it, Will? A desperate. A a, a rising star. A desperate loser? A desperate weirdo? What what did you say? Well, I don't know what you're talking about, so I I, I can't recall. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't have said this. Well, I would say you. to that, uh, wouldn't be the worst thing I've been called. Uh, <laughs> so you know, yeah. As for well, Tina, I, I you know what? I, as for Tina, uh, my understanding is that uh, she's living a very happy life. She's a she's a mother. She's not really interested in uh, going back to Hollywood. Um, I I. Uh, I've been searching for clues. I think she's sending off clues for the orb, but uh, I can't have any proof. I think she might have faded away like our executive producer uh, back to the- Like Kyle yeah, Hoyt? Like Kyle Hoyt. I, I'm on the lookout for this, but I don't know where she is. I think she's gone back with the orbs. Well, what we'll do is we'll do your book, and if you ever get in touch with Tina, just give her my information and just tell her that we'd be interested in doing a book for her also. If that That'd works out, great. that works that out. That would be great. Yeah. See, Karen, not so manipulative. Ugh. Well, um, just I, need to be honest. Do you guys want to help me uh, go through some emails? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'm going to read some emails. If anybody listening is a hardcore fan of the publishing industry, our email is book at willhines.net. Uh, okay, I'll read the first one. Hello, Will and Karen. Uh, this is from an email that is called unrealandfake at Gmail. Hello, Will and Karen. And I have been a... I guess it's implied, Freddie. They did not know that you'd be the guest when they wrote this, Freddie. Okay. Hello, Will and Karen, and we're assuming and Freddie. I have been a big fan of the podcast as an aspiring ghostwriter for some time now. However, listening to your conversations has opened my eyes and convinced me to abandon my old dream in favor of becoming a copy editor. Hmm. So my question is, how would I go about pivoting to the more prestigious side of publishing, i.e. copy editing? Thank you, Mike Dogson. Mike, uh, great well, question. You're making the right choice. Ghost writers well, suck. They're very self-centered, self-involved individuals who never amount geez. to anything. Now, Here's copy editing is something that you can do in your spare time to make some extra money. Uh, kind of keeps your brain sharp. Uh, what you want to do is put yourself on a message board. There are ghostwriting message boards and you put your services up there, list your services as a copy editor. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It's really simple. You also can- just want to say, I don't know if Karen and I are the classic examples of how a copy editor functions in the publishing industry. Normally the copy editor is not so involved in every step of the process, nor are they so aggressive in offering their opinion. Well, when you have a ghostwriter when you have a ghostwriter who is so Inept, um, weak, kind of dumb. Uh, you know, you have to step in. You have to pick up the slack. You owe it to the ghostwriting industry. You owe it to yourself uh, to really get in there and clean up messes. Um, yeah, I do a Freddie, lot of. I do a lot of advice? rewriting. Yeah. I do a lot of rewriting. Uh, I think anyone who knows about commas and m dashes and periods should just be commended. That's that's like being a magician. 
All right. Well, Mike, we have some uh, people who are in favor of your enthusiasm. So uh, even though I think you're headed down the wrong track a little bit, I, I wish you well. And just to let you know, Mike, there is some computer software you can get that pretty much does the copy editing for you. Is that true? I had no idea. I thought I, I thought you were just an expert in this stuff, Karen. Hmm. Well, I'm a little dizzy. I was in the hospital last night because I got thrown. Oh, out of the here plane. we go. This isn't about you. Can't we just? You know, this is about Freddie. This is about Mike's email. And you're just droning on and on about how you out. how you got pushed out of a plane. I don't even know what oh, the accusations are now. You may not even notice, uh, but like maybe, maybe planes aren't even real. True. Uh, yeah. Good note. Yeah. Maybe that I would I would love to hear that because I was pretty terrified as I plummeted to the earth yesterday. So if it wasn't real, that would be a relief to did me. Did you figure out how to pull the cord? Yes, I did. Yes, yeah, see, I told you it's pretty easy. It not at first. It took me quite a while. To I think I pulled it as late as possible. Well, that's just on you. where it was and which way to pull it and how hard to just pull it. It was, it was not easy. You don't have to pull it in a certain direction. Let's get to the next email. Okay. Okay. To whom it may concern. I guess that's just us. I don't know why they say to whom it may concern, but I am a hardcore fan of the publishing industry. I love the publishing industry so much that if I think about it too long, I get dizzy and sick. I love your podcast about the publishing industry almost entirely because of how much I love the publishing industry. Parentheses. Karen's also hilarious. I am writing you today because I have a publishing industry question. Who writes the index for academic books? Love Drew Sanders noted publishing industry enthusiast this is a great email now see i do want to say i originally thought this email might have been a fake email written by you will but when they Mm -hmm. mentioned that i was hilarious you know it's real then i know it's real because you would never compliment me because you're so weak and insecure so thank you wow we actually found one heart really hardcore fan of the publishing industry There's probably a lot of them out there. So, well, as a fellow hardcore fan of the publishing industry, I just want to say, hey, welcome to the fold. I also am a hardcore fan of the publishing industry. Who writes the index? That is a fascinating question. You often outsource that to another person. There are people who just do indexes. So that's like usually a task you would outsource. Although there are times that um, I have done it manually. And there also are times when a copy editor can do it. I I, do. I don't do that. Karen doesn't, but there are some copy editors that would do the index. And for an academic book, the index is a crucial part of the book's accessibility. You really want that done well. Freddie, any opinion on the indexes of academic books? I don't know about academic books, but uh, I index all of my venisons and all the the savory tea bags. So that's always fun. Is like I I have a long list. I don't understand. What? So you have like tea bags and and jerkies, and then you have it. What is the index? Is it like a list on your kitchen counter or something like if that? If I had or? a counter, yeah, yeah, I just kind of keep it on my, my my person, and I write down, you know, okay, from left to right, uh, Venice and jerky, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, then I would do like savory tea, uh, rosemary, and then so on and so forth. So you're you're a little bit of an indexer yourself, yeah, I am. aren't you? Yeah, good for you. And just to let uh, the writer know, mm-hmm. uh, Drew Sanders. Drew Sanders. Just to let you know, there are a lot of computer programs that just do the indexing for you. Really, kind of simple, some just word processing programs that will actually do the index of a book for you. There you go, Drew. Good, great question. And um, if you listening are a fan of the publishing industry, send us an email, book at net, and we may read your email on the podcast. Well, Freddie, I, I feel like we're all set here. I think let's go forward with this book. I think it's going to be a big hit. You're going to sell a ton of these at conventions. Good, good. Um, yeah. I, think, I think it's going to be this thing that people will hear about the book and come seek you out at conventions because of it. And then the people who seek you out anyway – because of the book, that experience is going to be stickier, and they're going to become bigger fans. I, I think that's perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much, Will. Thank you, Karen. Uh, oh, my, and, my pleasure. You know, anytime you guys want to reminisce about Hollywood stories, I'm here. Freddie, I, I just want to say respect robots. Respect all robots. Yes, I am so sorry that I uh, told that robot that her castor oil was going to her. Don't. You're doing you it, again. it again. You don't have, you to, have to say, to say, say it, it again. again. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for uh, coming. We'll see you next episode. Bye. 
Uh, all right, everybody. That was another episode of I Will Write Your Book. My name's Will Hines. I played the character Will Hines. I want to plug something here. I have another podcast I do called Screw. We're just going to talk about comics. I do that with my brother, Kevin Hines, and we talk about comic books. And so, uh, you know, if you're a fan of comic books, listen up. We're doing episodes on Marvel's Secret Wars right now from the 80s, which is a sort of delightful and uh, semi-insane superhero series from back in the day. So that's my plug. Pam? Pam Murphy played Karen Donahue. Murphy, please, on Twitter and Instagram. Always posting, always keeping you up to date on my life, what's going on with me. Uh, And uh, plugging this podcast. Write a letter. Uh, Drew Spears. Hey, everyone. I'm Drew Spears. Uh, I played the character Freddie Spatz. uh, you can find me at Drew Spurs. Spurs like what go on boots. Uh, God, I can't <laughs> can't stop doing that twice. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> the uh, dropsy boots. I have <laughs> I have a podcast called This Podcast Self Care that I host with the wonderful Kate Raft, and I am also doing a project on Twitter where I am doing a new character every day in 2021. So that's 365 days of characters <laughs> uh, every day this year. And you're pinning it, right? So just go to your Twitter account. Yeah, and the pin tweet is pin. the most recent one. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes things come up and, like, the characters are kind of incidental to my life, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, check yeah. it out. And, uh, well, thanks, guys, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next episode. Bye. 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 Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time. Then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're You're here here to to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.